0: All right, everybody. It's good to see you. Go ahead and find a seat. I love it. That song starts and everybody becomes the, the most loving people on the planet. Not that you weren't before it, but I just I just love the training we've gone through together. Um, man, there's a ton of exciting things going on. I'm really glad to see you. I, I, was, I was out last week and sitting in worship. It was just like, oh, I'm, I'm home, like... It just feels good to be here, and so thanks for being here. Tons of exciting things. We'll get to some of it in a minute, but I was sitting here in the service thinking about, and, and you don't know this yet. You'll find out this month, but, but Heather Lewis has been working really hard on some ways for us to partner with parents and just be the church and, and be the wider, broader family that raises up these kids. And, and, you know, God's entrusted us with a lot of young ones from birth through high school Got some college students here who are needing family and and we have the honor and privilege of being that, right? And and I was sitting in, in service, and all of you guests, we're really glad that you're here, but but there's a couple people real dear to me, Sandy and Claire Stoley here, are are people who partnered with my parents to raise me. Yeah. And there was never like this formal like agreement. They didn't get tricked or anything like that. But I just always knew growing up that I had my mom and dad and I had Claire and Sandy and I had other people who loved Jesus and reflected him different and gave me a picture that was much broader. They did work. I grew up helping them pack containers, going to Madagascar as they had built hospitals in Madagascar and things like that. And, and so when the movie came out, I had actually heard of it. And, uh, but then when God invited us to start working in Ethiopia, it was like, well, I can do that. My... My, my extra parents did that. And when even ideas of this, ideas of like faith journeys that seem crazy came up, I was able to say, well, yeah, my parents paved a way and Clarence and Sandy paved a way and so many people paved away, And so it, it's special for me to be worshiping alongside them as we're dreaming of being in that same place, right? Yeah. We're like, yeah, let's partner with each other and and be the church. So uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I want to pray because I have a feeling I'm going to be like Jamel long-winded if, if I don't. So we need to pray here. And uh, I'm preaching a couple minutes. It's been a couple weeks. So uh, we'll pray that I can like tone her down a little bit, okay? But let's pray here. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are good. And we don't ever have to question that. And I know way too often I look at circumstances and I look at hardships that my friends are facing, or that my family's facing, or that I'm facing, and I, I question the wrong thing. I question you. I question if you're still powerful and mighty. I question if you're still for us. And Lord, I, I, I'm sorry for that. And at the same time, I thank you that you're patient and that you're kind, and you invite us back into this space. I know there are people facing hardships that I can't imagine, and I pray that you would be their peace. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is here, that we don't have to settle for you just being near, but that you live within. I pray that you would do your work within us. Thank you that you've allowed us to focus on being resilient people, and as we finish this series, we pray that you would speak much louder than I do, we would hear you at work. In your name, amen. Well, we are finishing the series, Bounce Back, today, and this is a series about God's people being resilient people, and what does that look like to be resilient? Going into this series, I was so excited, and, and going through it, these have been some powerful weekends for me, but I'll tell you, they were harder harder messages to prepare for than I thought, because I thought it would be really easy. Sometimes, sometimes a, a little behind the curtain, sometimes as a pastor, you think you know stuff, And then you like open his word and you're like, huh, I've read this before, but I don't know stuff. And and there's a lot for me to learn and there's a lot that God is still doing. And so we're gonna try to wrap this up with with the idea that God's people, as they are resilient, they are people who avoid addiction to chaos. If we're gonna be resilient people and if we're gonna be God's people, if we're gonna live as sons and daughters of the God most high, then we are going to not be people who just need chaos to breathe. We need oxygen, we need his spirit, but we don't need chaos. And if you've ever lived a minute in chaos, you know that that's easier said than done. Because chaos has this little bit of addiction like caffeine, right? We're we're people who live as if chaos is not a permanent state. And one of the things we have to do is, is just recognize where it is that we're addicted to chaos, and where it is that we're addicted to bad news, things like that, where it is that we're addicted to things coming in and disrupting us and how quick we are to let them. So there's plenty of people in this room who are younger than me. My kids can't believe this, but I was actually, I I was married before I had a cell phone. That dates me a bit, right? (laughs) My kids think they should like walk and have a phone. But I remember when I got my first phone, and it didn't look like this one, it had this little, it was, it was gray and orange, and it weighed like half an ounce, and it was worth like 50 cents, and it had this little flip thing. And I don't know why you had to open it, because it was just a piece of metal, but it had this little flip thing, and you talked like Zoolander. You were like, hello? <laughs> and it was this tiny, tiny little phone that held like 12 numbers, and it had a game called, I think it was called Snake. And you were just this line that eventually got bigger and just kept moving around the screen. We thought it was so cool. My battery lasted like 14 minutes, and I was like, "This is the best technology ever. Only $3,000 a month, and I can talk for eight minutes. <laughs> it's fantastic." And I thought this phone was so great. Nicky and I got matching phones. I remember they were Texas orange. I was like, "Oh, this is the coolest thing ever." And I could say like, "Hey, Nick, just want to say hi, but I can't pay for it. Bye." And that used up, like, my entire minutes plan for the month, you know? I did it, like, three times a day, and I was just, I was the happiest guy ever. I remember on the rare occasion that my phone rang, I thought it was Christmas every time my phone rang. Like, oh, someone wants to talk to me. And I would pull it out, and I would, like, hello? I can't talk on quick. And then I'd put it away, and every single time it rang, I I would get so excited. And then texting started, and I would get a text And they would say, "How are you?" And I wanted to say, "I'm fine," but it would take me like 75 minutes because I'd be like, five, 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 four, two, two, three, 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 send. You young ones are like, "Why are you speaking in number?" Oh, you don't know. You don't know. We've got things to teach you. It took me, like, so long with my face. You know, you probably caught on. I shake at all times. So it was like, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? It took so long with those little buttons to say absolutely anything. I was always accidentally just sending, like, SOS, and the whole world would think I'm in trouble. i like, no, I was trying to say hello. I just don't know how to do it. Now, when my phone rings, you know what I think it is? Oh, bill collectors. Oh, no. Somebody's in trouble. Somebody's hurt. Somebody honest, sometimes I'm like, oh, somebody, somebody must have died. But why is my first response like someone got in a massive car accident? In my life, that's actually, to people real close to me, it's only happened twice that someone has gotten in it. But that is my immediate response. It's a number I don't know. It's either a bill collector or someone's in a massive accident. It's not like, hey, Matt, I've got a bunch of bubble gum I'd like to drop off at your house. <laughs> it's never that. It's something bad. Every time. I open my voicemail and I'm like... Oh, oh, it's a friend. It's okay. But my first response is, it must be bad. Yeah. And it must be chaos. And it must be something I don't want to uh, pay attention to. And the, the ironic thing about it is I pay like a lot of money every month to have this thing ring in my pocket and shake in my pocket so I could pull it out and panic before I even look at it. Maybe I'm a little addicted to chaos. Well, Maybe I'm a little addicted to bad news. Some of us get the news alert things on our phone, I'll tell you what, it might be an act of discipleship to turn that little automatic alert off because the news does not like to tell us very many good things. It usually likes to, to tell us how to aim our fear. Oh, be afraid over here. Oh, in case you didn't know, in case you were enjoying that cup of coffee, be afraid over here. Let me give you one more spot. Let me give you one more place to not feel peace, to not feel joy, to not feel rest. Let me just keep you addicted to this chaos. That's what we do. That's right. And often when we gather, I think one of the hard parts about this church, real honest, is that we are used to gathering together who are, who are addicted to the same type of chaos. Yeah. And then we come together and we have slight differences and we're like, oh, maybe yours is different than mine. <laughs> and I have to have like a broader addiction. <laughs> I have to have more that feels chaotic and more that feels scary. What? what is this really about and what does it look like to be resilient people who are not like the, the what weeble wobbles that just keep getting up what if we don't have to always get up what if there's a day where we get up and then we stay there and what if there's a day where God grants us peace because he is the God of peace and instead of looking for something to come and fall on us we just say thank you Lord I'll take that peace for today what if that happened? So we know the story of the Israelites, right? I want you to remember that it is when the Israelites were in slavery that God inspired the creation narrative to be written. You ever think about that? Like we open it up, it's the very first book, Genesis 1, we open it up. That was not written in real time. It wasn't like darkness started typing. That's not what happened. Much later they're in in slavery for generations and God wants them to know who they are and he wants them to know who he is and so he inspires the narrative of creation that we now know and cherish. God chose this moment of slavery, of of lost identity to be the time that people are told where they come from. And the thing is, at the time, everybody had a narrative. Everybody had a story of what creation looked like? Egypt had one. The Babylonians had one. Everybody had stories of how the world was founded, and the Israelite story was against that. The Babylonians, where their creation narrative came from is that there were many gods, and they were at war, and the byproduct of their war was earth, and the worst byproduct was us. The result of chaos and confusion and tension was us. Isn't that a great feeling? So what are you going to live in for your life if you were formed out of chaos, confusion, and tension? You're going to live in that chaos, confusion, and tension, right? And so, thanks, Anna. Thanks for thinking it's funny. And uh, and so, in that moment when the Israelites could lose their meaning, in that moment where their work is worthless. Where they're building bricks for things, they'll never see the value of that brick. They just go brick after brick after brick, day after day. It feels meaningless. It feels worthless. In the midst of that, God speaks. And he speaks to their, their origin. He says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the deep the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He goes in and he speaks of how he brings clarity and order to water and land, to, to crops, to trees, to animals, to you and to me. And he says, in our image, in our likeness, let us make man and women. And it's very good, good job. We did it. We brought order to chaos and to these people who were living in chaos the one true God said hey from the beginning I'm the one who brings order and I'm the one who makes room for rest because on the seventh day the God who is tireless is like I'm going to kick back and look at my creation and be like well done me good work think on that to a people In slavery, they start reading that maybe it doesn't have to be like this. Maybe it doesn't have to be meaningless. Maybe it doesn't have to be just bad news after bad news. Maybe it doesn't have to be full of fear. Maybe just maybe there's peace. Maybe there's meaning. Maybe there's purpose. Maybe this is us. It's not out of divine conflict. It's out of joy and divine design that we were made And that's not just for the people in Egypt, that's for us. So I had a friend this summer who said that he felt like life was like an ant farm. You guys ever have these when you were kids? I I didn't. I just bought it this week. And we didn't do it very well. Pretend there's like awesome little trails, okay? My friend this summer was like, you know, I feel like life is an ant farm and my God just keeps shaking it up. And he just shakes it all the time. It's not really work. There we go. And he just shakes it up. And then like I I lose track of where I am and and what is and where he is and all of this. And I feel like he is constantly just shaking me up. I feel like that's what God does. And I told him, and I wasn't trying to be mean, but I said, maybe, maybe that's the God you worship. Instead of like letting them off the hook, right? Because that's what we do to each other. Oh, no, he's not that. Maybe that's actually who you're worshiping. Maybe you're worshiping a God who's kind of mean, who's chaotic, who's against you. Throughout human history, we have worshiped gods like that. Read the Old Testament. There's nation after nation who had a God who was mean and brutal and asked for things and, and was not present. And I, I told this friend, maybe that's the God that you worship, but it's not the God that we know. That's not the God we know. I feel like the last couple of years, my my life has been in a wash machine. I feel like we're just constantly being tossed. But I know that I know that I know that God gives good gifts to his children. Yes, yeah. If I know anything, I know that he says we can come to him and he gives us a light burden. Yeah. I know I know that he heard the cry of his children. Not that they cried correctly, but just that there was an ache and he responded. That's right. And he delivered them from Egypt and he walked them through the desert and he sent his son to offer peace. I know that he's never changed. And then he says that if we return to him, he will return to us. I know that is the God that we know and that is the God that we're to worship. And anytime I'm not worshiping that God, it doesn't mean he changed, it means I did. It means life shook me up a little bit and he invites me to be resilient and bounce back and I lost track of where he was. I took my eyes off of him. You see, life sometimes does feel like a little ant farm that gets shaken up. But it's not a mean God. He's a good God. And it doesn't mean that we have to misplace our worship along the way. So we're going to spend a couple minutes in Matthew 6, okay? So go ahead and turn there. It'll be on the screens if if you don't want to turn there. I won't look, so I'm not judging you. Starting in verse 19, he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money yeah. sit on that one for a minute right so my son durant he we like to play video games together he's got the star wars game that he's better at me at so it's the only one who will play you, i don't even know what i'm doing I just, I just jump around he shoots me it's real fun but when we're teammates when we're teammates he always tells me what to protect he says there, there's a thing over there dad and it's it's like space stuff i don't even know what it is but he's like dad protect that thing Stand there. Don't let anybody get that. And then if anybody comes near and gets it, push square, and then we get it again. It's like kind of like capture the flag or something. And so I go stand where he tells me to stand on the video game because that's the most valuable thing on the game. We have to have that or we lose the game. He doesn't say, hey, hey, Dad, like, keep it safe. Go, go to like the edge of the board where nobody wants to be and just hang out over there. You're, you're worthless. He, d- he doesn't say that to me. He could. He should. He doesn't. He sends me to the important thing and he goes, just stand right there and protect that because that's what matters to us. Jesus here says "What, what we treasure, like our heart is there whatever we're anchored to whatever we're tethered to is the very thing that we treasure honest look at your calendar look at the way that you spent your week if you are anchored to chaos we treasure chaos yes, thank you, thank you. if we're anchored to bad news and trouble we are we are we we treasure that that sounds so backwards we would never admit it but it's true yeah, okay. That's why, thank you, thank you. now what he's talking about here is is, is money, right? But the word is mammon. And this word mammon, it, it meant something a, a little a little bit different. This mammon is like this, this living thing. It's money, it's possessions, but it has life. It's like the ring in Lord of the Rings, like how it makes you call out my precious kind of stuff, right? Like when, when you're attached to that, when you're tethered to that, well, it, it calls out to you. It becomes a God. It started as just just a currency. It started as just a way to interact with other people, but it becomes a God when we're tethered to that, when we're anchored to that. He warns us, but like this this mammon of money, some of us treasure that, and it has become a God that some of us have treasured this this chaos, right? Right? You know it's physically addictive. You, you go Google it when you get home because, you know, Google is only true. <laughs> but you go, look, there's like sociologists who are studying chaos addiction now. There's people who are doing the work of like, what is it that happens? There's actually a physical response we have that is very addictive. You know it's true because when you go on vacation, your first day, you are so tired, you can't stay awake. Your second day, you're bored because you haven't been checking your phone. And then you just don't know what to do. Why, why don't we know what to do? Because we are addicted to the adrenaline of chaos and of bad news and of all of that kind of stuff. We can't enter rest and peace. We can't turn things off because we are just addicted to that. And our body is used to having all, all the physical reactions and responses to chaos and bad news. And we get tired and we feel lost without it. But But God says real clearly, you can't serve two masters. You can't be tethered to chaos and tethered to me. You can't. You got to pick one. You can have chaos in your life, but that cannot be what you're tethered to. You can have circumstances that are out of your control, but that cannot be what you're tethered to. We pick a master, and some of us need to look at this, and some of us need to think about this. Sometimes we are so busy that it's really clear if someone was honest with us that they could look at us and say, you are asking your schedule to give you validation. You're asking your debt. You you have so many appointments that hopefully somebody tells you you're important. (laughs) I've looked at my calendar some weeks and I'm like, oh, I must be insecure. (laughs) Why else would I schedule this? I must need somebody to tell me that I matter. And then we can open the text. And the creator of everything says, hey, you are made my image and you're my boy. If that's not enough, yeah. I don't know what is. In yeah. real honesty, we need to sit in this. If you're somebody who finds yourself needing external things for validation, it is never going to fill what you need. You are created to reflect the glory of God. No busyness will ever satisfy. Yeah. No amount of people who tell you you matter, you're important, you're cute, you're whatever, are ever going to satisfy what you are looking for. You are looking for the creator of the universe to look at you and say, rest for a minute, my daughter. You're mine. I rested, now you rest. I am joy, so you know joy. I am peace, so you know peace. So he goes on and, and look at verse 25 with me. He goes on and says, don't be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious there about what you eat or what you drink or about your body, what you will put on. He, he's like, don't be anxious about these things. And we think, oh, just don't think about it. And we, we like let ourselves off the hook. That's not what it is. We can't just say, I'm anxious. Now I'm going to not be anxious. Have you ever tried that? Like, I'm really anxious right now. I'm going to, like a light switch, turn off my anxiety. It doesn't work like that. Why? Because we are tethered to anxious. We don't say, I am feeling anxious. Most often we say, my identity is anxious. I am anxious. So we are anchored and tethered to anxiety. So we do the work of untethering. We do the work of like like when Spider-Man gets rid of Venom we got to, like, tear that thing off. Oh, geez, man. I think I've told you guys before, a, zebra, a zebra's jaw never shuts until it shuts all the way. That's why we don't ride zebras. Because they're angry animals, and they will bite your arm, and it's either its head or your arm. Because it's not going to open up. Sin, anxiety, other identities outside of identity in Christ, they lock on us. They're not like these light little things. Yeah. We have to tear them off and do the work of tearing that off. He says, don't be anxious. That isn't like, oh, yeah, duh, I forgot, and we turn it off. No. That's like, where am I anxious? This is our homework. Where am I anxious? Where am I not trusting him? What am I tethered to? This is the the work that we're called to. Untangle your worship. Let your identity be found in him alone. And then he asks two questions, and I'm going to ask you these. Like, go ahead and even, uh, I'm going to ask two questions found in the text. Write these down, or this is in Matthew 6, look at them later. But I want you to reflect, even as I ask it right now. I'm going to slow down and ask them one at a time. Jesus says, is not life more than food? And body more than clothing? Imagine his spirit talking to you right now. And he is asking, is not life more than food? Is not your body more than clothing? And he asks this question. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And if we can't add a single hour, then why are we wasting an hour being anxious? If I can't add anything, then why, why would I spend time being tethered to that? I'll tell you what, I, I pick it up like, like nothing. I just walk by somebody else who's anxious and I get it like a common cold. I'm instantly tethered to that thing again. Why, why am I wasting my time? If we can't add an hour, why are we doing that? He goes on, he says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Now, remember, he's not saying this to me with a closet full of things and like six choices in the fridge and what I want to drink. He's saying this to people who have like a shirt. He's saying this to people who are hungry. They're actually gathered around him because they're hungry. Sure, they want to hear his words, but they want to eat. They don't know where else to get food. Rome isn't giving them food. The temple's not giving them food. And they hear about this guy named Jesus. And like, apparently, he feeds everybody with a lunchbox. So let's go hang out with him. And he's like, "Don't, don't be anxious about this food stuff. Don't be anxious about, they're not like, oh, you know what? I could really go for my fourth coffee of the day. They haven't had water. And he's like, don't worry about the water. Some of these people don't have the outer coat. They just have like their underwear. You know when it says like if someone asks for your coat give them your tunic as well. That's like well so you'll pretty much be naked. And some of these people don't even have the coat. And he's like don't worry about what you wear. They have actual reason for anxiety and he says don't be anxious. He says for the Gentiles seek after these things. What's he mean there? Gentiles are people who worship other gods. There are the the Jews that know Yahweh. We're invited into their faith story. We share their story. And then there are the Gentiles who have other gods, who have warring gods, who have gods who are angry, who have gods who ask for more and more and more. They have gods who make you anxious, that you don't know if you're, you're good or you're not good with them. It's like if you have a God like that, well, the Gentiles, it makes sense that they're anxious. But why are you anxious? Oh. Think, man. And he says, your heavenly father knows what you need. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yes. And everything will be added to you. Yes. Everything will be added to you. Now I think of this and I think of like our friends in Ethiopia. There's never enough money to send. I feel like we're always like way late sending what they need. and It's a horrible feeling. And I never go hungry. And there's days they don't have food and they, they, there's days when their stomach is actually hungry and there's nothing in the, in the cabinet and there's nothing in the account and all those kind of things. But our father says, he knows our need. I can't tell you how I lean on this. And it doesn't mean we'll never know what it's like to be thirsty. It doesn't mean we'll never know what it's like to be hungry. Like, unfortunately, we don't have all the easy answers to this. But truthfully, we're grown. We don't want easy answers anymore. But the thing is, he's good. And he knows your need, and his heart is to meet your need. And his heart is for you, and his heart is for me. And so then he says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. I love that. Yeah. Be present. So when you sit for lunch today, savor lunch. I, actually, I'm going to invite you to do something different today. When you sit for lunch, hopefully you're eating something awesome. I, I hope you have your favorite lunch ever. Take a, take a first bite, okay? Cut off a piece or grab a piece. Take your first bite, savor it, and then pray do that today. Take a bite and taste how good it is. And let that remind you of, of how good our Father is. If you're going home to eat ramen, talk to somebody. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure you get better food so, so, you, so you could actually eat something good. You know, I don't want you to be like, mm, that MSG. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. In a minute, we're going to receive communion. Like I'll tell you, like, we got Jimmy John's bread. They're not like sponsoring this, but that's good bread. Taste it. Don't grab some baby little bird hunk. Grab a hunk of bread. There's enough Jesus for all of us. <laughs> grab a hunk. And, like, it's good. And let it be good and be present in the moment. We don't have to be anxious. There's stuff tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll deal with tomorrow, but today. Today, the Lord is here, and he's good, and we can savor that. We can sit in that. Jesus ends here by talking about us being present and being tethered to him today, and then tomorrow, we'll work on being tethered to him on that day, and then the next day, and then the next day, because the truth is, life shakes up sometimes, right? Some days, life, it just shakes up everything we've worked on. But he does not change. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that today he gives us rest. And I'm going to pray that today he gives us joy. But before I pray, I want to ask you a question. If he gives you rest and if he gives you joy, will you accept it and live in that alone today? Because truthfully, that is a remark of those who bounce back. That is a marker of the resilient. So let's pray here. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you're good. And Jesus, we praise you that you know what all this feels like. You know what humanity feels like much more than I do. And Spirit, we thank you that you're here in this room, in this place. And in your supernatural ways, we thank you that you meet us all where we are. And that the circumstances and troubles that we are walking into, that we are experiencing, they are real and they are big and they are terrifying. But I thank you that you are powerful enough to sever all the ways that we are tethered to them. You're powerful enough that we could be hanging on to you and you alone. As we come to your table to receive communion, pray that you would meet us with joy. Belly laugh kind of joy. We'll pray that you would meet us with rest today. So your people wouldn't look quite so tired, but that we'd look more and more like those who are refreshed and replenished by you and your spirit. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your presence. In your name, amen. We'll meet you at the table.